Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Darewolf PJ Black, a.k.a. the Cape Town Werewolf, and you are listening to Chair Shots to the Cranium. Yeah, boy! Make their head drop. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Cheer Shots to the Cranium. I am your host, Stephen Goforth. Greatly appreciate you tuning in, hitting that play button no matter where you are. Thank you so very much. As a reminder, go to Apple, pull it up right now, go give us a review. A five-star review would be fantastic. We need ratings, people. We need as many as we can get. We want to be able to be recognizable and searchable. Whenever people look for a great wrestling podcast, and we think that we are delivering one. So if you can go out there and give us a rating, give us a five-star rating, it helps us more than you can possibly imagine. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, I'd like to remind you, go to our website, cheershotstothecranium.com. Again, cheershotstothecranium.com. A lot of great wrestling-related links I think you'll really enjoy. And follow us on social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's Chair 2 Cranium. Chair, the number two, Cranium. Chair 2 Cranium on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Go leave some messages for us. Let us know what you think about the episode, about some topics that you'd like to see, you'd like to see me swing my chair at. I'd love to hear those. And also make sure you check out uh, any past interviews and past episodes that we've done. You can do that on our YouTube channel. Again, cheer shots to the cranium. I can't thank you guys enough. I love professional wrestling as a fan, a major fan of professional wrestling. It absolutely thrills me to sit in front of this microphone and talk about it to you guys. I hope you find it entertaining. I want to interact with you guys more. Us wrestling fans, we are a family. We stick together through thick and thin. We love this art and this entertainment of professional wrestling with a passion. Otherwise, you would not be listening to this. So let's just get together. Let's talk about it. Let's interact with one another. I want to interact with you guys with this podcast, and I want you guys to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So again, thank you so very much for all your continued support thus far. Tell your friends and family about us. Much, much appreciated. All right, now it's time to get into some topics I really want to swing my chair at. If you saw my post on social media today, you saw that I'm going to be swinging my chair. I'm not going to be holding back, and it may sting a little. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be real about what I feel about some of the things that I've seen over the last week or so in professional wrestling. So buckle up. Let's do this. The first thing I want to jump into is the AEW Dynamite show. I want to give my feedback on that show last Wednesday. Really looking forward to the next episode coming up this Wednesday. Let me talk about some of the positives that I saw. And there's a lot of them. I love the format of the show. It looks so good. It looked extremely professional. And I, it absolutely exceeded my expectations and it they look like a major league player in the game not a minor leaguer in any way shape or form so i was really impressed kudos to that entire company for putting out a product that had extremely good presentation about it 
I thought the matches were very, very solid and very entertaining. And I was uh, really glued to my chair the entire time watching the matches. And if you listen to some past episodes, I talked about that. I talked about how they seem to have a product or a, a wrestling product that makes you want to watch the matches and, and puts you into it and makes you invested. And I'm, I, I can't say enough good things about how their matches are laid out and, uh, and how much I'm entertained by them. I thought that the flow of the show was really good. I thought they had some really good transitions from segment to segment. Uh, the opening match with Sammy Guevara and, and Cody Rhodes was outstanding. I wasn't sure if Sammy was going to be able to perform on such a huge stage like that. Cody obviously has been there with WWE, but Sammy knocked it out of the park. He did a phenomenal job in that match with Cody, and Cody did as well. Those two really seemed like they had a lot of chemistry together. That's just me. I felt like uh, they had really good chemistry in the ring together. And uh, there were so a few botched moves uh, in that match, but nothing that I looked at and said, eh, that just, that just, uh, that just ruined the match by any means. And so uh, kudos to both of those guys. The ladies' match I thought was a little bit of a shocker. I, I really felt like Nyla Rose was going to end up taking that title. But to see Riho come out as a champion was extremely unexpected, I think, to a lot of people, but I liked it a lot. I was glad that she came away with that victory because I just did not see that one coming. I like to be surprised. Some of the people, uh, I mentioned the, the botched move in the uh, Sammy and Cody match, but a lot of people out there, uh, I think, are being a little too critical about some of those botched spots in the matches and some of those matches that occurred. But you, you have to understand something. There is a ton of nerves involved in something like this. Some of these guys and these ladies have never been on a stage that big before with that many eyes on them. So certainly there's going to be a lot of nerves involved here. Uh, and things are going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. I thought that they were very minimal. And when it did happen, I thought they recovered from it extremely well. So for all you people that like to get on to these guys and ladies for, for having botched moves, you need to figure out something else to, to talk about. You need to figure out a way to be more positive because all you're looking to do is spread negativity when all you want to do is talk about the mistakes that people make, whether it's professional wrestling or whatever. So get a life. Understand that the pressure, the pressure that these young ladies and men are under and be entertained by them. They'll figure out whatever mistakes they made. They're human beings. Get off their back a little bit. I thought that it was a great surprise to see Jake Hager. Um, I had the opportunity of meeting Jake and interviewing Jake in a past interview last year. Uh, he's a phenomenal athlete, a terrific guy, and uh, if you haven't listened to that interview, go check it out in my archives. You can pull those up at cheershotstothecranium.com. Happened around uh, April of last year, I believe, when I did that interview with, with Jake, uh, FKA Jack Swagger. So it was really good to see Jake involved with AEW. I heard some rumblings that that was going to happen, but of course you, you just never know that for sure. And what a terrific surprise that was. John Moxley putting Kenny Omega through that glass table was hardcore, and it was awesome. I loved it. I like to see more stuff like that uh, from AEW. So overall, extremely pleased, as you can as you can probably tell, and uh, cannot wait to see what else they're going to deliver this coming Wednesday and every Wednesday. And of course, they have a full gear 
pay-per-view coming up here really, really soon that I'll talk more about in a, in a future episode. Let's talk about SmackDown Live, or SmackDown, I should say, on Fox. Man, what a what a terrific debut that was. It, it just warmed my heart. I know that sounds very cheesy, but it did. It warmed my heart to see professional wrestling on such a gigantic stage as Fox. We haven't seen professional wrestling on such a huge stage like this since Saturday Night's Main Event on NBC back in the 80s, early 90s. And it was just awesome. I mean, how many new wrestling fans are we going to get from this, from this exposure? How many old wrestling fans are we going to see come back into the fold after they watch that? And I hope they stay. I really do. Uh, us diehards, we haven't gone anywhere and probably never will go anywhere. And I understand why some people migrated away from it. I get it. The product has not been the greatest over the last several years. Uh, but I hope they're back, and I really hope that we get some new wrestling fans. It's funny because I had some uh, friends, co-workers uh, in my life that uh, saw the advertisement for SmackDown on Fox come up to me. Hey, I thought about you. I saw that, that, inter- that uh, spot on uh, Fox, a commercial about SmackDown. So that was awesome. They, you know, everybody's seen it. Brought up conversation. Got to educate them a little bit more about professional wrestling. I love it. So I think it's wonderful uh, in terms of what we're going to see from them moving to Fox. I thought what I thought was kind of neat. And I know we've kind of seen this before. Wrestlers kind of walking around backstage or walking to the ring uh, as we go into commercial. But what I what I thought was kind of cool. I don't know if any of you guys caught this or not. But seeing the wrestlers walk into the arena. Kind of like if you watch the NBA, if you watch NFL, you'll see a quarterback or receiver or the center or the starting guard walking into the arena with their gear over their shoulder, dressed real nice, getting ready to come in and do their thing. So I thought that was kind of cool seeing Kofi walk in and seeing Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman walk into the arena. Just a, a little different touch there. I don't know if any of you guys picked up on that. I hope they do more of that. Of course, it was you know, great to see the legends out there um, on the blue carpet, they called it, and also out there in the ring. The Rock segment was just absolutely fantastic. Anytime it's involving The Rock, it's going to be electrifying, no pun intended, and uh, it was just so awesome. You could tell that when he comes out there, he is just fully into it. You can tell that he misses it. You can tell that it gives him those goosebumps that he talks about. And he just sincerely and truly appreciate and enjoys being out there. It's almost like it's therapy for The Rock. You can kind of see it on his face. So it was really good to see him back. I thought that was a, it was a huge endorsement for him to be in the ring with Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch. And um, I thought Baron Corbin handled himself really good. Really good. Uh, as you know, I've been a little bit of a critic of Baron Corbin in the past. But I will tell you this, he has come a long way. He is really coming into his own, not in, only in terms of his promos, but also his in-ring style. You know, I say that, but I've always felt like he's good in the ring. It was just his promos that he really needed a lot of help on. But but Corbin, just he delivered his lines terrifically. It seemed to come a little more natural. So maybe that has a little bit to do with not being so scripted anymore, trying to get away from that. So I've heard... And maybe they're just kind of letting him be his own person. And if so, I think that's wonderful. Just keep doing whatever it is you're doing. 
And, of course, Becky Lynch is, is always wonderful at what she does, always greatly entertained by her. So, fantastic segment to start the show out with The Rock. I don't think it could have been done any better. Also, Aaron Andrews being there, interviewing The New Day, I thought that was classic. Aaron Andrews, never in a million years would I have thought Aaron Andrews would be doing a wrestling promo and uh, doing an interview like that. And it was just really cool to see. And a New Day, uh, flawless as always, come in there and just delivered a spectacular segment with Aaron. And uh, I just thought that was really, really cool. Overall, I thought the set looked fantastic. I thought it was you know, just it, extremely eye-catching. The overall show itself just looked really good. The production of it looked, to me anyway, a lot better than it did on USA. Now, they may not be doing anything any differently, but to me, I felt like I saw some subtle differences there, whether it be camera angles, whether it be transitions in and out of segments, uh, coming in and out of commercial, whatever it may have been. But it just it had a different feel about it. And I thought it was a, a really good presentation. And I think it's something that they can continue to build off of. So it, extreme positives. You know, and, and again about AEW, about SmackDown on Fox, way more positives than negatives. However, and this is this is what I'm gonna swing my chair at uh, really hard. I did not like the squash match between Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston. I thought it was absolutely absurd. I feel like all this buildup that you've done with Kofi, you've had him beating the likes of Samoa Joe and Randy Orton, to name a few, and you just completely destroyed all of that by having him lose in pretty much 10 seconds. Made no sense. Brock Lesnar comes in there, delivers an F5 that so many other guys that he's faced over the last several years have kicked out of, but yet it took one for Kofi. And Kofi has been beating the guys that I just mentioned. So what does that make them look like? If I'm Samoa Joe, if I'm Randy Orton, I'm pissed. I'm like, wait a minute. I went up there, had a hell of a match with Kofi. He got put over. He beat me. But yet, you're going to let him go out there and lose to Brock Lesnar in 10 seconds. Made no sense. Made absolutely no sense. I feel like, yeah, I understand you want to make Brock Lesnar look dominant on Fox. I understand you want Brock Lesnar to be your champion on a major network, major network because more eyes recognize Brock Lesnar. I get all of that. Not that I'm disputing that in any way, shape, or form or saying that Brock Lesnar should not be the champion for SmackDown. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... Why Barry? And I'm going to call it a Barry until I see how Kofi comes out and responds to this. If, if Kofi comes out and, um, you know, accepts defeat very meekly, then they buried him. But if he comes out and says, you know what? Yeah, I got beat, but I'm more determined than ever to regain my title, then it wasn't a Barry. So we'll see what happens. But again, I just, I, I don't, I didn't agree with it. I mean, I literally stepped into the other room, into my kitchen. Bell heard the bell ring. It was over. Come back in. It's over with. I couldn't believe it. So I, I don't understand it. I, I don't agree with it. I think it's wrong. I think that you've done all. You've done. A, they've done a fantastic job of of building Kofi. He's had the title for the last six months and making him be a defending champion, a uh, proud champion. 
and yet they just squash him like that. At least let him give a fight. Let him get in there and have, you know, a 10-minute match with Brock, giving it all he's got, fighting till the very end, and just not able to take the victory. You know, that I would understand, but in less than 10 seconds, I don't get it. I don't agree with it at all. All right, let me talk about Hell in a Cell this past weekend. A lot of things um, didn't go well with Hell in a Cell, to say the least. If you've uh, been listening to any other podcast, you've been reading the news from the media, it's very obvious and very clear that WWE dropped the ball in a major way with Hell in a Cell. And it's, it's almost as if they just completely forgot that they had a pay-per-view this past weekend because of all the other things that were going on with the debut of SmackDown on Fox, with uh, Monday Night Raw the previous Monday, with NXT on Wednesday, and the first of the Wednesday Night Wars with AEW. It's like they just got to Saturday and said, oh crap, we have a, we have a pay-per-view this weekend, and we only have four matches. Um, so... I just felt like it was extremely poor in how they set everything up and told the story to make you invested into that pay-per-view. Aston and I did our predictions. Uh, on We posted it on social media. Unfortunately, there was no time to uh, do our prediction show. We apologize greatly for that, and we missed it terribly. But we went ahead and posted our predictions on social media, and there was only those four matches that we could predict at that time. Addison goes three and one, kicks my tail. I go two and two, but uh, you know they added those matches. I want to say it was Sunday morning, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, because it's like, oh wait a minute, we only got four matches. We need to add more. So I don't quite understand what was going on with that, but extremely disappointing. Sasha, I thought her match with uh, Becky Lynch was was pretty good. It was, it was decent. Um, what I don't like about this whole thing, I, was re- I predicted Sasha to win, thought this was going to be her time. What I don't like about this, they, they bring Sasha back as a heel, and Sasha, it, it was a badass when she was a heel before. You, you, didn't, you didn't mess with Sasha, all right? But ever since she's come back, I feel like she's lost more than she's won. And then we see her crying. Why is she crying? Why are you showing her crying? It makes absolutely no sense to me. You're completely discrediting her badass persona as the boss when you show her on television crying because she lost. You need to show her extremely pissed off, all right, and ready to kick Becky's ass in the next match, not crying. So that part I did not understand in any way, shape, or form. The ending to Hell in a Cell, you know, this speaks for itself. It, It was completely and totally botched by the WWE. Made absolutely no sense in any way, shape, or form why we saw a DQ on Seth Rollins for using a sledgehammer. Makes absolutely no sense. They're using everything, including it seemed like the kitchen sink, in that match, and there's no disqualification on any of that. But he pulls out a sledgehammer, and the referee says, oh, no, you can't do that. Ring the bell. Now, WWE kind of backtracked a little bit, or maybe not backtracking. Maybe this was their intent all along, saying that the referee uh, felt it was necessary to call the match. Not necessarily saying it was a DQ, but that's certainly how it came off to not only myself, but the millions of other fans, and especially the fans in the arena that were clearly pissed, chanting all kinds of stuff. Refund, AEW, 
you name it, it was being chanted. And uh, don't blame them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it, it's almost as if they got painted into a corner with this match and didn't know how to get out of it. Why even, why even set the match up in the first place? Or if you're going to set the match up, don't make it for the Universal title. You know, Put over The Fiend, who you've been putting over for the last several months. This is really only his second major match coming back as that character. And he really needed a good, clean victory here, I felt like. And didn't necessarily need to be for the, for the Universal title. So either don't do the match at all, or don't make it a title match. Or put The Fiend in a program with somebody else. And not Seth Rollins, your top babyface right now, who is catching a tremendous amount of heat right now, who is getting booed for all those curb stomps that he was doing during the match. You're completely ruining your top babyface because clearly the Fiend was over, has been over tremendously with the fans, and it just was not a good call to make this match. So I thought it was really wise to keep Seth Rollins off of Raw this past week. I feel like that would have been a disaster. He would have been booed out of the building if he showed up on Raw this past week. So I will give kudos to WWE for being smart enough to keep him off television. Maybe that was their plan all along. I don't know. But it would not have gone over very well. And I put a post out there on social media that maybe with, with, with what happened in this match, I think it's probably time to turn Seth heel. I like Seth as a babyface. I'm enjoying the burn it down chance when he comes out there. Uh, but um, I don't think they've done a very good job with him as a babyface. And I've said in past episodes, I thought he was tremendous as a heel. I was extremely entertained by Seth Rollins as a heel. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. All right, so the last thing I want to swing my chair at today was the segment we saw with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. thought it was extremely cheesy, and I thought it was extremely predictable. How many times have we seen two big dudes going at it in the ring, getting ready to fight, and then all the security or all these wrestlers come in and they push them into separate corners, trying to hold them back. They're talking crap to one another across the ring, telling the other they're going to beat their ass. All of a sudden, they escape from the from the clutches of the wrestlers that are holding them back, or the security that's holding them back. They lunge at the other guy. They fight again. They get separated again. They do it all over again. Three or four or five times, over and over and over. We've seen it a million times. Why keep doing that? There's far more entertaining ways to put those two guys in a ring with one another and have a tremendously entertaining segment other than separating them from fighting. So I don't understand what it is and who it is in the WWE on the WWE writing team that loves this particular scenario, that loves to put two guys in a ring and get them separated and have them talk crap and then break loose and fight again and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't understand that, but I think they need to stop doing it. And uh, I was really disappointed by it. Now, honestly, I could care less about this match at Crown Jewel. Um, it, it may turn out to be probably the best match of the night. Who knows? But I, I, I'm just not invested in it. I don't care about it. I thought the set because I thought that segment was terrible. So I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope they go out there and tear the house down and make it one of the most memorable matches to ever occur. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, bless his heart, Tyson Fury was trying to throw some punches on some of those security guys and missed them by a mile. I think you need to train the guy a little bit better on how to deliver a believable punch on somebody rather than missing them by at least two feet. It was really clear. And I'm not trying to knock Tyson Fury. Phenomenal athlete. Extremely 
extremely accomplished, and I'm sure he's a fantastic individual. I don't blame him. I blame WWE for putting him in that segment and not making him prepared for it. So anyway, we'll see what happens with that as well. I hope that Crown Jewel will be a, a wonderful event. I'm really looking forward to the Hulk Hogan, Team Hogan, Team Flair matchup. I really like that. I thought that was unique and different. I didn't see that one coming. And I'm curious to see and, and watch from week to week who gets added to each team. I uh, would like to see a, a, a nice stipulation uh, put out there, something that they, they're going after, whether it's a really cool trophy or what it, whatever it is. I don't know. But something that they're playing for would be would be far more interesting to me. I like stuff like that. If you're playing for something, you're wrestling for something, you're competing for something, whatever it is you're doing, we got to be doing it for something. So when you have something that you're measuring against or uh, something you're rewarded with, I think it makes it 10 times more entertaining. So again, uh, I'm really looking forward to that and can't wait to see what other great matches get added to Crown Jewel. Addison and I will be back for our predictions for that. And uh, it's hard to believe we are already into October. We'll have Survivor Series coming up in November. And uh, things are looking really, really, really good in the world of professional wrestling. Between the Wednesday Night Wars and SmackDown on Fox, I think we are in for a tremendous ride. And I cannot wait to see what happens. So thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for all your support. I appreciate you pushing that play button no matter where you are right now, whether you're inside in the house chilling, whether you're driving to work you're, or on the road or in the gym or wherever you are. I cannot thank you enough for, for listening to this and supporting us. Go out there, give us a rating, give us a five-star rating, tell people about us, help us grow. It's extremely appreciated. So until next time, take care of yourself. Let's enjoy this thing we love in professional wrestling. And thank you for taking another chair shot to the cranium.